Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Peace Arch Hospital Foundation's podcast series. This, our first episode of season two, is a star-studded event where we'll take a gallop from tired to terrific over the course of this show. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Wayne Cox. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here to support the amazing work of the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. For years, I've been so impressed with the innovation and creativity that comes from everyone at the Foundation. In this episode, we'll bring together three people who have been instrumental in developing world-class events that are now sold out well in advance and have substantial waiting lists. Peace Arch Hospital in White Rock, British Columbia is one of 139 hospitals throughout the province. Although the Ministry of Health has allocated $22.1 billion to healthcare in BC in 2022, it still isn't enough to cover much-needed medical equipment in our hospitals. This is why hospital foundations across the province work so hard to find ways to raise funds that are used to assist in getting the equipment vital to maintaining the high standard of care that, well, residents have come to expect from their community hospital. One of the most well-known fundraising events is the gala. Galas are a fundraising staple for so many industries, not just healthcare. Test, test. Okay, this next slide is quite fascinating. You're not going to believe this. Um, I'm willing to bet that you've been to a few of those events. You've stood in buffet lines trying to choose between the rubbery chicken or the overcooked Next. salmon. Next. The speeches were dull and the entertainment, okay. well, not much better. Just one moment. The intentions were always well-meaning. The event, however, would fall a bit flat. During this podcast episode, we'll find out how Peace Arch Hospital Foundation went from the type of gala I just described to a must-attend event that not only raises hundreds of thousands of dollars annually, but showcases what is possible with imagination, ingenuity, and unwavering commitment. We'll go back to the days of the rubber chicken events and begin our story from there. We'll touch on things such as how thinking outside the box can transform events and create amazing results. We'll learn about the element of surprise, plus the impact these events have on the foundation and the community. And when we're done, you'll be able to glean plenty of content from this podcast to use as a how-to for your fundraising event. Let's meet the team who's responsible for bringing these ideas to life. At a coffee shop across the street from Peace Arch Hospital, I sat down with Vicki Bryden, Public Relations Director for the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, Ashley Morris, Special Events Officer, and Joelle Palialogo, Volunteer Co-Chair of the Gala Organizing Committee. So, who wants to take us back to the very beginning? That's the very first Foundation Gala. Who wants to jump on that one? I can start from what I know. I joined the Foundation in 2013, and the gala had been going on at that point for at least 20 years. And of course it had evolved over the years. Back in 2013, 2014, you know, it, it was kind of a, a well-oiled machine on how it was presented. And I think it had been successful for the time, but I think it was also tired at that time and, and definitely needed a refresh. 
So, Ashley, were you involved in uh, in that process of sort of retooling the gala? Yes. Yeah, so um, it was kind of a, a last minute uh, change in the foundation, and I was brought on shortly before we kind of geared up to do a really big change in that that initial gala. And uh, so it was all hands on deck, uh, and it was kind of just anything out of the box, any any throw an idea out there, and we'll make it work. And and uh, and it and it ultimately did work for us, uh, luckily. Uh, but then from there, we just kept going and we kept throwing those ideas out there. And it kind of opened the door to not be scared to throw those ideas out there because we had success the first time. And um, yeah, it, it just kind of built a fire in us to do more. And, and Joelle, uh, I think I heard somewhere that one of the triggers for making a change in the event was especially the uh, the Code Blue Gala. Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that it was Code Blue uh, that really alerted us to the fact we had some serious problems. As Vicky has said, it was a well-oiled machine. It checked all the boxes of your typical hospital gala. It probably checked all the boxes of any fundraising gala. It just at that particular one, we got to the end. I think Vicky spoke of this before. Um, Vicky, I think you were saying you were desperate for tickets. We we had this arena, feel, you know, uh, expected to fill with 500 people. And we had less than 250 guests. We hadn't even filled half the arena. And it was two days prior to the event. And I was calling every physician in the hospital, asking them if they had their gala tickets and offering to extend the early bird rate to them. And what I heard repeatedly was, you know, oh, it's just kind of the same old thing. And they just weren't interested. So not only did we have this gala, it was a cold blue for ER, but our gala was on a cold blue. Like, like we, <laughs> we needed to revive this gala. So, you know, we went ahead with it. We did the best we could with, with what we had. But I knew, you know, when we sort of wrapped that event, that this event as it was, was no longer sustainable. We needed to reinvent it. We needed a big, bold idea. And we need to blow. We needed to blow people away with what we could do. And having this incredible team of very talented volunteers and staff members, I knew that we could do it. We know galas and events like them raise the funds for specific pieces of equipment. In 2016, the funds went toward a digital X-ray machine. In 2017, it was a new hospice. 2018 saw money go toward mental health care. And 2019, the final gala before COVID struck, the money went to new operating suites. These are important events, and foundations need to grow their donor base in order to continue to provide them. This is why Vicky, Ashley, and Joelle continue to find ways to up their game. And you yeah. mentioned filling the arena, and for people who don't understand, the gala takes place in a hockey arena that is transformed to not look like a hockey arena and to make people feel comfortable. And that must have been mind-blowing to walk in there and say, okay, now what are we going to do with this hockey arena? Well, and I'll let Joelle speak to that because I know it is our biggest thorn in our side and also our, our greatest gift. <laughs> Wayne, I know you've uh, you've attended the event, but I, I was just thinking as Vicky was saying, I got onto the uh, gala committee 
I think it's, it'll be 10 years this year. Yeah. That I think I've started being on the committee, um, which of course in the beginning was, you know, officially a steering committee and, and whatnot. And I, I remember the, the first one I was on, I, I don't remember the exact theme, but it was sort of lots of colors. It was probably every color under the rainbow. And that was the theme. And then the next year was paint the town red. And then the next year was code blue. So that was as much imagination as this gallon got. And to, to decorate the arena, and I was not involved in that aspect of it at that time. I was just coming on as like a little helper on the on the committee. Basically, the arena gets pipe and draped, which is just a term for exactly what it sounds like. Big pipes that then we hang drape on. And then it covers up a multitude of uglies and it happens in, lo- in most events. So that's pretty much what we did we filled it with some tables and tablecloths and some chairs and some little flower arrangements and the rest was basically speeches and some lighting and that kind of stuff and that was the event so you know as we've called it that's your basic rubber chicken dinner and uh, as vicky said with code blue we absolutely were dying and we needed a resuscitation and so with that and by that time by code blue i had been involved three years so i had already started to see Okay, this is pretty boring and I think we could do something more. Vicky was seeing it from her point of view. This is really boring. We could do something more. Ash the same. She just, you know, she had the network and the people skills and all these other, you know, event coordination skills. And somehow the three of us, you know, figured out that we kind of needed to have a little chit chat. We could do more. And the first event was the, the Vintage Vegas event that I think Vicky was kind of your idea. We yeah. went with it, she went in a new production company, and we look back on that one and go, oh my god. <laughs> yes, the, yeah, Wayne was there. Um, the first thing I thought of is we needed a really fun theme, you know, yes. because our themes, as Joelle had mentioned, had always been like, you know, code blue, wear blue to the event, or paint the town red, wear black or white. You know, I, I thought we needed something really interactive and really engaging with our guests. And and I had sort of come up with Vintage Vegas because I thought, who doesn't love Vegas? And that was sort of the first little kernel of an idea. And then it just expanded from there. Themes and the execution of some of the events inside the venue can be quite elaborate. An advantage Vicky and her team enjoys is the leadership style at the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Vicky explains. You know, we're so fortunate that we have this incredible executive director, Stephanie Beck, who is very open to big ideas. So it was going to her and saying, you know, we need to in, we need to invest more in this event and we think it will pay off in the end and she agreed and so we were able to do that we were able to hire a new production team and sort of you know enhance our decor and have you know chair covers on the on the chairs <laughs> Our biggest thing we had chair covers. Looking back, it's also quaint compared to what it is mm-hmm. now. But yeah, that that's kind of it. It's, it always starts with a little idea of a theme, and it expands from there. And one more thing that I don't want to forget about this amazing event is the philanthropy of it, and and ultimately that is the goal. So while it might be 
this really fun event for our community and and the creativity and innovation that goes into it is incredible but the philanthropy that comes out of it is transformational and the impact that 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 has on Peace Arch Hospital makes a huge difference so you know, before we transform the event, we could raise 200000 250000 And that's great. You know, that served a purpose. But with this elevated structure of creating the Peace Arch Hospital Gala, we are able to raise between 800000 and $1 million. And the impact that that has on Peace Arch Hospital cannot be understated. But I but think the- also, Wayne, the difference... This I think what I would say even from a guest point of view, and maybe even you would recall this, is I think what we did, and, and I would say kudos to Vicky on this, is that we did take it from a gala fundraising dinner to an event experience. And I do think there's a definite difference in how we approach the planning and then how our guests experience the evening. And five or more years into this, or at least five more galas Mm -hmm. since we're somewhere in that number, I don't know, maybe we're on the fifth one now, post Vintage Vegas. I think we, we think a lot a lot about the guest experience and and thus ties into they go in tandem the arena all the spaces that need to be used or that we've decided to use to expand the use of the arena not just what you would imagine to be the ice part of the arena but the all the spaces um and we think in terms of how the guest will experience each of these spaces. And can we get good use out of them? Can we sponsor them? You know, all these kinds of things. So it's grown, it's definitely evolved. But the arena provides us with um, options for creativity that wouldn't be there if we were just hosting it in a regular venue. But I don't think you could, if we had to use it in a more regular, do the gala in a more regular type of venue, we would still find ways to think out of the box. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a blank slate in so many yeah. ways. Um, but, you know, it it's is... so sad. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it, it's kind of amazing what we do to it, but there's always the concrete floor and sort of, you yeah. know, the, the kind of elegantly bathrooms because, oh, God, yeah. because that's a hockey arena. But other than that, you know, and this definitely attests to Ashley and Joelle's you know, expertise and, and talent and skills, you know, decor and, and aesthetic is all them. And what they do to that space is truly transformational. That's what we always say. And I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, because, because you make this into, you know, such an elaborate event, uh, I'm thinking that you saw a major shift in demographics uh, going from, say, like a, uh, a stuffy dinner that you just sit around to an actual event. Uh, that must have attracted a whole different crowd. Yeah, it, it absolutely attracted. Um, and to speak to the community, the community is becoming younger in the White Rock, South Surrey area. And the old event that we put on, was definitely a different crowd. It was a, an older demographic that had been attending our event for years and, and some enjoyed it and some obviously, as Vicky mentioned, had stopped participating in the event. They would still maybe donate, uh, but they decided it's not really for them to attend anymore. Uh, they have other things that 
uh, that they need to spend their time on. And to speak to that, so do young families. It's so busy speaking from that perspective in my life right now. We have so much going on that it's hard to be able to lend your time to, to go to an event a lot of the time. So so we definitely attracted that younger crowd, but we kept the younger crowd because of it being an experience, as Joelle mentioned. And that's how we keep them coming back every year. And that's how we have a wait list. Uh, it isn't um, a waste of time per se, or uh, easier to just give a donation. They actually want to come to our event and experience every single portion from the moment they get out of their car to the moment they get back in their car at the end of the night. So we really uh, we really did see a change. It, it's become a thing to do every year. Uh, something on the calendar that, as you mentioned, you've got a waiting list for tickets. Uh, it really has become the event in the White Rock area. It, it has. And, yeah. and to speak yeah. to uh, it being at the ice arena, again, we've asked our guests in surveys post-event, do you wish to see it at a different venue? And every time they come back with, no, we want to come back to the arena. It's close to home. Our kids skate here. Our kids play ball hockey here. This is our ice rink. This is where we want to see it. So when we're being philanthropic in the community, we want it to be in this arena. So it, yeah, it, it absolutely just the, the demographic and and people coming from outside of White Rock and South Surrey, people coming from Vancouver and Langley and Abbotsford and everything to attend our event, to be a guest at our event. And it, it's really neat to see every year we get requests for tickets to be purchased earlier and earlier. <laughs> so uh, we're just on our on our the tips of our toes every time. But uh, it's it's pretty neat every year how it evolves. And so we have to ultimately evolve ourselves and constantly have new ideas and creative ideas to keep everyone entertained and not feeling like they saw the same thing last year. And, and how do you how, how do you generate some of these ideas? Uh, you know, do, do you just get together and start throwing things on the table? <laughs> or uh, is there an actual process that works for the three of you? We kind of just throw it on the table. You know, I think the ideas sort of start with Ashley, Joelle and I. And then once we sort of, again, have that sort of that germ or a kernel of an idea, we've got some you know, some basics down, and then we expand it out to our organizing committee, which is, you know, 10 to 15 volunteers who all come to the table with various talents and expertise. And, you know, once you have that brainstorming session, you know, other ideas that we perhaps hadn't even thought about start to germinate as well. And before you know it, we have this incredible um, sensory experience that now we have to execute, (laughs) which is always a little daunting. Which is always a lot harder. And I would say too is that yeah there's usually an overarching theme let's say you know as as Vicky you know said Vegas it was sort of this thing she wanted to do and and you know hard days night and our surf theme and our space theme and they kind of start very abstract because I was reflecting back on this I I feel there's always one thing and because we have as I said the real estate of the arena that we have we call them fiefdoms, but they're really just like vignettes kind of, and some of them are active vignettes and that, you know, something, an experience of some kind or another is there for the guest. It's not just a pretty little space or fun little space or whatever the theme might be. So we have to think in terms of these 
fiefdoms that we use as well. And generally there's, I always think there's one thing that stands out. I'm just off the top of my head would be Hard Day's Night. We saw an idea of the bed-in, the the bed-in for peace uh, that Yoko and John Lennon had done in Montreal. And I remember us all getting really excited by that. Oh my God, we have to do that. We have to recreate that. Do that. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we have to do that. And so that just gets us going. And then with with space, even I remember I was at some event talking to um, Steph, and she says, "You know, I don't the space great. Do it. I want an OR. Yeah, <laughs> we have. To, she's that's what she said." I know where I want an OR, and I'm like, okay, Stephanie, I'll get you an OR. I have no idea to an OR in the arena for crying out loud, but okay, we will design you an OR. And lo and behold, that OR was absolutely amazing, right? So, so every event does. There's something that just gets the whole thing rolling, and then yeah, then we. We do, we, we plot out these areas that need to be filled with something. And then when we bring in all the other members, they, they start to get excited. And now we're, we're almost a well-oiled machine ourselves. So every 10 to 15 of us, maybe, and I don't even know if it's that many of us really, that take on these, these bigger areas. They know the interactions of the space. They know how it's going to function well, how the flow of the people goes. It doesn't really matter what we do in the space. There are the limitations. And anyone that's overseen any particular area tends to come back and still do that same area. So now we've got sort of that institutional knowledge that we continue to pass down and be able to keep even as we bring in new people to, you know, the wall of wine, for instance, or whatever we might do in that type of experience for the guests we have committee members that have done it over and over and over again so they they bring a lot of knowledge from each gala forward with them the peace arch hospital foundation galas have grown substantially over the years and with growth comes additional costs let's find out how the team handles the continual need for additional manpower so now you get the idea, you execute that idea, and now all of a sudden the bills start to come in because I'm sure everything isn't donated. How are the costs covered? Is there a sponsorship uh, involved in that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we, well, I try and get everything that is possibly able to be sponsored in the room. Uh, one year we had the bathroom sponsored, which was a very tough task. If you have seen the bathrooms, it's, it's like your typical locker room. So that that was a, a, a big uh, feat for us, for sure. Uh, but if it's there, I try and get it sponsored. So the event costs are covered by sponsorship and ticket sales. And everything that the guests participate in, uh, whether it be a raffle, uh, wall of wine, uh, fund a need, live auction, silent auction, all of that goes strictly towards what we are trying to fund for the evening. So our guests, that is quite important to them. Uh, many events you go to, that's not the case. So we can still stand by that. And uh, every year our sponsorship is increasing, again, from sponsors that not are not only just in South Surrey and White Rock, but in the outskirts all around the Fraser Valley and they're hearing about our gala and they want to be a part of it and uh, and be a part of 
neat sponsorship fiefdoms in our event uh, to obviously reach our crowd, but also to be philanthropic themselves. So, and I think and to Ash's point in terms of, you know, sponsoring everything that isn't nailed down and kind of, even if it's nailed down, you know, a great example of that is during our Cirque de Soiree, which was 2017, that theme was Ashley's idea. And that was like a sexy night circus. And, you know, again, started with a little germ of an idea that she had and blossomed into this incredible uh, event. And we hired a company out of Whistler called Paintertainment. And what their expertise is, is body painting models in, in any way, shape or form. So we had these sort of circus type of models and we body painted them with a sponsor's logo on their chest. So that was a sponsorship that Ash was able to sell. And it, it was one of our sponsors who looks for something sort of innovative and different. You know, they're not that excited about getting their name on a billboard. They thought, OK, what could I have at the event that's different? And, and that was an idea to put their their logo on these body painted, essentially naked models, although you can't tell <laughs> these are completely uh, body painted in, in such a professional way that it looks like they're wearing outfits and yet here was a sponsor logo. So there was another way that we could incorporate those sponsorship dollars and I think the more our event becomes known and becomes attractive to people and guests and sponsors, the higher sponsorship we have, which means the more money we have to spend on it. So it's kind of this great cycle in creating these experiences, attracting more sponsors who want to be a part of it and showcase their brand, which allows us to create more experiences. And it just sort of elevates and snowballs from there until we have this truly transformational event that every single dollar raised goes exactly to the, the cause that it's intended for that year. You know, the, the galas are in, they've become enormous now. And uh, I think of uh, the manpower that's needed. Uh, you know, you start right from the parking lot, uh, the, the greeters, um, servers. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, is it difficult to find people to, uh, to staff the events? We really rely on, on volunteers. Our volunteers, we use sometimes upwards of 100 volunteers, but typically we're around 75 volunteers per gala evening. That doesn't include the volunteers on our committee, uh, the volunteers that help set up from the moment we get the arena on Wednesday and uh, start kind of setting up certain areas and have our volunteer orientation and then set up Thursday, Friday, set up Saturday morning. And then we have volunteers that don't attend the event and they come out at midnight and they come and help us tear down the event for hours. Then we have volunteers that come out the morning after on Sunday and they help us pack everything up and send it off and get it packed back into storage. So we, we really rely on our volunteers and the event would not be possible. Any of our events would not be possible without the volunteer support. Uh, so we really thrive in taking care of those volunteers and, and making sure that their ideas are heard as well and they feel supported and they feel like they know everything that they need to know in their roles uh, because it's a very important role in 
in the evening. And uh, so typically for our volunteers, they would see uh, upwards of four different roles through the evening. So when one role finishes, they would move on to a new role and then they get a break and we, we provide them with a meal and everything like that. And in the volunteer room, they have a screen into the ballroom so that they can see what's happening as they're taking their break. And they really feel like they're a part of it. Many of our volunteers don't have the ability to donate per se to the hospital foundation or donate in the community, but this is their way of being philanthropic and being a part of it and being a part of the community and helping. And I think too, Ash, um, I think they're just so excited to be part of it. They come back year after year. They want to volunteer because it's also just such a fun event and it's fun for them to see it, not as a guest, but but as someone who is a part of the well-oiled machine that's putting it together. So it's I think it's something that they look forward to every year as well. 100%, I mean, I, you know, I volunteer like crazy just on the committee, but if, if I didn't actually attend the event, man, I'd show up that night. <laughs> we know if we were here, like we would volunteer because it's years I thought I want to be a guest. I just want to volunteer for the night. Like it'd be so much fun. Everything we do continually circles back around to that great feedback loop right we we put on an interesting event people want to attend it volunteers want to volunteer for it sponsors want to sponsor it it's just and we push ourselves i mean we're not always successful with every single thing we do but we try darn hard to push ourselves and never be complacent so that that arena is never the same place twice and ideally nobody will ever you know, say, oh my God, that gala is just like so painful. No, that's my favorite thing is when the guests leave that night as they walk out and they look at us and they say, you will never be able to top this. Yeah. Challenge <laughs> and, that's, challenge. and that's our challenge every year. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, of, it's a bit of a bit of a challenge for you, right there. Hey, now, can you can you maybe give uh, one piece of advice to perhaps other groups who are trying to make their events uh, bigger, better, and take it to the next level? Is there something? Is there one little germ in there that you could throw out? Yeah. So I will speak specifically because uh, I'm sure the other ladies have have their uh, ideas as well. But I think for me. Uh, I have a few. Firstly, sponsorship. Really get to know your sponsors. Know really what's important to them. Take time in your day, even though event schedules, uh, from my perspective, being the event coordinator, very busy all the time. Take that time to sit down with them and get to know what is important to them. As Vicky mentioned, some sponsors enjoy having their name and their logo on the billboards. They like to see that in the community, but some sponsors don't care. And they just want to be at the event or they want their logo at the event. I was able to take the sponsorship package, the generic sponsorship package, and tailor it to having event night sponsorship solely. So it doesn't include any of that uh, free event marketing, but it includes being at the event and having their name on some of the fiefdoms or at the bar or at the late night snack or the wine raffle or things like that. So really getting to know what's important to them and uh, they will keep coming back and they'll keep putting the word out for others to come back as well. So I think that's my highlight. And then the other would be to not be afraid of those big ideas and those out of the box 
totally different, sometimes totally weird ideas, something will stick and, uh, and let your committee not be afraid to speak up and have those ideas as well. Because those really weird ideas often turn out to be our best features at our events. And um, by letting our committee be a part of those ideas and, and giving their, their tidbits, they are so passionate that they keep coming back for more. Uh, so no idea is too big. Congratulations to all of you, Vicki and Ashley and Joelle. And thank you to the legion of helpers you have. And on behalf of the entire community, a job well done for the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Can't wait for the next one. For over 25 years, the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation has been hosting an annual fundraising gala. It's been since 2016 the galas have transformed into the amazing events they are today. In 2018, there was more than a million dollars raised in one night alone. The team recently led a seminar for event planners in San Diego and drew such an enthusiastic response, they went well over their allotted time fielding questions and providing insight. The Peace Arch Hospital Foundation PR and event team found a way to avoid the rubber chicken. And you can too. We are the little gala that could and did. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you check out our next podcast in Season 2 for the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Check out the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation website to learn how you can help. For Wayne Cox, I'm Big Voice Announcer Guy saying so long for now.